This is a podcast about failure. With me, Lola Berry, author, nutritionist, and yoga teacher. Join me as we get to know these guests and learn about how their failures have ultimately shaped their dreams. Welcome to Fearlessly Failing with Lola Berry. Hello and welcome to a special episode, version, variation of the pod. It's the birthday episode because this pod's coming out Monday. We're Friday now recording this. And Monday the 14th of September is my birthday and Wednesday the 16th of September is the Bosco's birthday who I'm sitting opposite. Hello. Hello. So happy birthday. This is your birthday week. <laughs> this comes out. So we decided to do a birthday episode where we interview one another, kind of like quick fire, kind of not quick fire, but questions. Does okay. that sound yeah. good? Yeah, sounds great. So we've both written, spent some time and written questions for one another. We have no idea what the other person yeah. has written. I don't know if yours are silly or serious. It's I have no very idea. serious. <laughs> so... Happy birthday week, boss. Happy birthday week. Yeah. Are we going to start by saying congratulations to you first? Why? Why, you just signed a new book deal and you're writing a new book. Yeah. Book number 11. Yeah. Holy mackerel. I know. I'm slightly, I'm I'm so excited but I'm also scared because this book is like, it's not a recipe book like what I normally write and the word count is hugely larger. Yeah. And I'm also full-time studying in acting school, so I'm That's right. slightly nervous as well, but excited. Mm, awesome. And I was texting my mate Karina this morning and I said, what I love about doing acting school whilst writing a manuscript is that acting school has a very tough discipline yep. to it, almost militant. And they say to us all the time, you're training for the Olympics. And I think it's nice to have that discipline Yes, and workload, but to have that discipline whilst writing a manuscript that you're kind of the boss of, like there's nobody, I mean, obviously the publishers yeah. are going to hold me accountable, but like you're the one that's got to get up in the morning and write that book. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I know what you mean. I've been watching you. Yeah, you have. <laughs> you have. I'm a little writing nerd, aren't you I? You are. That's good. That's yeah. very, very exciting. I can't wait to read it. Yeah. And it's your birthday this week, Sexy Legs. Yeah. yeah. So... Do you want me to start with – no, I would like you to start. Really? Well, it's my birthday today technically on the Monday. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> oh, I don't even know where to start. Really? You've got me Um, you've got me all riled up this morning. Riled? Well, I've got a few questions. Okay. Um, do you want to start topical or do you want to start like, you know? Well, technically you're the interviewer for the first half now and then I'm the, interv- and I'm the interviewee and then we switch. Yeah. That's the that was what we thought would be cool for a birthday episode. Okay. Let's start with the matter at hand, which is we're still in lockdown. We are. Technically. Um, and we're having our birthdays, which we thought our friends would be able to come up to Torquay, which they can't, mm. and our family. So it's just you and me, which I don't mind because mm. um, I like spending time with you mm. and we haven't killed each other yet. No, we've fallen probably more in love if we're honest without getting too soppy. (laughs) So I think we'll just start with um, what's been your greatest ISO lesson and gift. Biggest gift of ISO is that we are 
in Torquay at Dad's Holiday House. We came up, I came up when a flight got cancelled to LA, I think the 15th of March roughly about. It was very traumatic, 48, 72 hours for me because the flight was like, is it going ahead, isn't it? And the corona numbers were just going through the roof. And I just said to Dad, can I please come down and chill at the holiday house? And he was like, nobody's booked in it till Easter, go for it. Yeah. And I just bought a weekend bag and you and I came down and I have not left yeah. once since. So, and obviously Easter got cancelled because yeah. of corona. So um, the biggest gift has been like we're in nature, we're in Torquay, we walk down to the beach and we – and it's also boss boss and I, like I feel so grateful that we're – that we've got each other. Yeah. Like I've got mates that are single that are in lockdown and I imagine that I think I would have been a very unhappy person if I was kind of left to my own devices and probably would have binged eaten my way through Mm. ISO. So I feel very lucky that we've got nature. I feel really lucky that we have one another. We're also both very driven and so I I feel like we – inspire each other every day and that's a really nice dynamic to be around 24-7. Yeah. So you and nature. You mean nature. Okay. feels nice to say that we're permanent Torquay residents. It does. It does. We know all the local spots or as Boss calls it when he's driving. LK. LK. (laughs) That's another thing I'm grateful for is the Honda deal because we – uh, you had a car accident early on and and I didn't have a car Mm. at all and so – it's been really nice to have Harriet the Honda yeah. um, so we can get to our favourite coffee shop or do Janjuk Steps, which yeah. is pretty close to us, but it's probably a bit, you know, it's easy to, much easier with the car to get there. Yeah. So Even just simple stuff like going shopping and post office. Totally. And not having to Post, ride. Posting Lola Coffee. Well, I was riding the bike every day into town and back. Yeah. During yeah. winter, like rain, hail, So wind. what takes... Five minutes in the car takes yeah. like nearly an hour. Not an hour, but it's good like 20 minutes. Yeah, but it'd be an hour round trip, wouldn't it? Yeah, easy. Yeah. Yeah, flat out riding. So. And anytime I wanted chocolate, I'd have to walk like That's 25 good. minutes to <laughs> work, get to the- Work it off before you eat it. <laughs> earn it. you got to earn it. Okay, all right. So that's been your your nice ISO lesson slash gift. Um, mm. Change is a big one. I think that. My next question is, I mean, maybe it's a little bit about me because I'm a bit resistant to change. But I think generally as a society, as people, we are quite resistant to change. We get very, very stuck in our little routine and our life and where we live and going to the bar on Friday night or seeing our friends every single week. So how have you adapted to change? So... Yes, it's like natural human behaviour to love ritual and kind of like I get up at this time, I have my oats at this time, I, you know, go to that coffee shop on that day to meet that person or like you said, I go to the bar on Friday night and I do the, you know, we love, we're we're very much creatures of habit. But what I love about change is it's it's the only constant thing, right? I kind of embrace change. I've always been a bit of a gypsy. I... Um, since moving out of Elwood, which would have been right when you and I met, I haven't yeah. had a permanent, really a permanent. Residence, yeah. No, I've been a bit higgledy-piggledy. And before that even I was as well. So because of my career, I remember really early on in my career, bought my first book out, I would have been 22. I was on the Gold Coast launching the book and my business partner at the time said to me, 
we, we met in the hotel lobby because yeah. I'd flown up to do this launch. And he goes, do you like this? And I said, pardon? And he goes, do you like this travel for work? And yeah. I go, what do you mean? He goes, your your career trajectory means that you need to get used to this and you need to like this. And he kind of told me pretty early on in my career and I was like, mm. he goes, you better get used to liking it. And so I kind of took each bit of change or each little um, journey as its own little gift and even the tougher times or when you're, you know, travelling on your own or I've done like those crazy trips to Perth where you fly in, do a gig and fly out and the time difference and the red-eye flight and it's freaking horrible. But like I've got to meet cool people, I've got to eat at cool places, like I've got to experience culture, albeit on my own 90% of the time and that's probably the the trickiest bit. But, I, yeah, I I think change is a good thing and Mm. I've learned to really try – and embrace it, especially in a career perspective. Yeah. How do you learn to let go? Uh, of like a routine or a structure. Yeah, yeah. I've never had one. I, I did an interview yesterday um, as a guest on the Surf Coast Creatives podcast and they said, have you ever had a nine-to-five job? And I sat there and I was like, no. Mm. Like I was a DJ. Mm. Like I went from – I went. my first job was at Brumby's Bakery and then – I started straight out of year 12, I went to mm. drama school. Yeah. Pulled out of that because they told me 99% of us would become drama teachers and I just was like, I don't think that that is for me. And then I became a DJ and a makeup artist and worked at um, Stevie, that fashion label. Yeah. So I've never really had a nine-to-fiver. So yeah. because you've, of that. You've worked at places but you haven't had one solid full-time job nine-to-five. Never. Yeah. And so I think you get used to not yeah. really attaching. Yeah. To, to something needing to look or feel a certain yeah. way, you're just like, well, and because I'm self-employed, yeah. I'm like I better work hard to get to where I need to get to. Yeah. So I don't know if there's a letting go as such. I don't even know if you probably know better than I know mm. if I'm good at letting go or not, but I feel like I will beat myself up about something. Like this week I had to make a little bit of a choice and I was like, do I want to do this, don't I want to do this, do I want to do this, don't I want to do this, and I'm – Pretty shitty when I'm making that choice thing because I go yeah. back and forth. But the moment I make the choice, I'm solid. Yeah. And Jad, our mutual friend and naturopath, said to me when we used, we used to work together at um, Paran Health Foods in Melbourne, mm. and he said, although you oscillate heaps until you make the choice, he goes, the second you make the choice, yeah. you don't question it. Yeah, yeah, of course. And he, and he brought that up as a good attribute yeah. to have for career success. Yeah. Mm. I don't think I've had a nine-to-five job either. No. I'm just trying to think about it. I've never. Your sleep patterns wouldn't allow it, boss. No, they would not. <laughs> this morning, what time did you get up? Um, close to ten o'clock. <laughs> I came. I came in like a little pipsqueak yeah. mouse at like nine thirty. I was like, he can get up now, and yeah. you were like, I'm still. I actually sleeping. don't know why I slept in so much this morning. I just whispered in your ear, coffee date. Yeah. <laughs> I just remember dreaming like really early in the morning because I don't think I slept much last night. You do have a history of like very broken sleep and yeah. insomnia. Yeah, or, yeah. I, I've had proper insom- like insomnia at stages. Yeah. But I feel like you've got a bit of a routine now. I oh, get you to bed so a bit much. earlier, don't I? Nah, nah, nah. It's oh. pretty much the same. Oh. Oh, I, I would probably go to bed a little bit earlier since being with you, but – I still probably wouldn't fall asleep till the same times. And I am just out, aren't I? You are out like a light. And if I'm not, boss knows about it. Yeah. I'm so annoying. It's like wriggling and then <laughs> anyway, you're very funny. <laughs> All right, next um, next question. What should I ask next? 
How do you think you've changed in the last 12 months? Heaps. Uh, heaps. I would, I would put that down to having a therapist as well. I'd put it down to corona and being forced to face your values. The biggest thing that corona's made me face is mortality, which sounds like a really weird thing yeah. to say, but I think, you know, that I still have that vision of in New York of the bodies being put into the fridge and fr- freezer trucks near the near the funeral home. Have you mm. seen that image? No. They were, the, were like in the midst of like the high numbers of corona and New York got hit really badly. Yeah. Um, there's like a drone shot of bodies just piled up in freezer trucks. Really? Out the front of a funeral home. Oh. Yeah. And so I think when I saw that I was like, oh, we're not going to live forever. Mm. Also – Turning 35, we've both just... Don't say it out loud. <laughs> turning the, like, does that mean I said to my mum, oh, my God, I'm not in my early 30s anymore. I really feel like an adult. Yep. I get really insecure about my skin and feeling like I look older. There, yep. are, there, Those kind of things confront me. But also they make me more driven to look after my health physically, yep. mentally and emotionally. But, yeah, the... I don't, was what was the biggest chat? What were you? What was the question? I never know. What was it? Um, how have you changed in the last twelve months? Yeah, so therapy and Corona has made me face values. So I feel like now, if I want to get somewhere, it's up to me. Um, if I want to, if there's something I don't like in my life and I want to change it, it's up to me. Like I'm probably yeah. less reliant on other people. Obviously, I'm very reliant on you because we're yeah. a team. <laughs> But I feel like I'm probably my own person a little bit more. I've yep. let go of really close friendships that I had that weren't serving me. And now I'm just like I've got like what, two or three epic yep. friends yep. that are like my – shout out to Andrea. She yep. she knows she's like my person. But, um, yeah, I think I've simplified I, – I, coming into this age, I, I give less of a shit about needing to – play the victim to other people. Yeah. Does that make sense? I understand that. Do you think that I've made that change, would you yeah. say? Yeah, yeah. I think um, I think you've stopped allowing other people to, I suppose, affect you and yeah. maybe affect your mood or affect your like, you know, how you feel and, um, and realising that certain friendships, yeah, just weren't serving you. And you grow out of th- friendships too, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Like, I think there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. You know? I agree. I think I've always been a bit like that. I've always kind of cut shit that hasn't really served me or if I start to feel bad about hanging out with a person, then I just stop. Yeah. You're kinda great at it. Yeah. Like wonderful at it. You're way better than me. I, I hope I get to be as good as you at it. Yeah. Maybe I'm a bit harsher. I love it. Do you? Cutthroat. But life's too short. That comes back. Yeah, it is. Next question, boss. Next question. Maybe this might be my last one. Okay, great. Yeah. Yeah. Are we about half time? We're 15 minutes in. Oh, really? It's going going slower than I thought. I'm trying to talk in sound bites for you so you can pick the grab. Oh, okay. Thank you. (laughs) Um, All right. Um, Well, what would be now your message for women? Of your age, so thirty-five-year-old, a thirty-five-year-old woman, and she's like, you know, she's struggling a little bit with her direction, purpose, um, you know, feeling a little bit hopeless right now. What would you say to her? Because obviously, you've done a lot of self-development, 
and not everyone's done that amount of self-work and self-development. So what would now be your, I suppose, advice or, you know, just a couple little pointers for them to, you know, help them find their direction and not feel bad? Wonderful question, boss. First of all, uh, I would say like you want to get really clear on your internal compass. So don't like this is the age where every second day someone writes me on Instagram and goes, have you frozen your eggs? When are you and Matt getting married? Why aren't you married yet? Are you pregnant? You look a bit fat. All that shit. Like I get that. You see how often I get that. That's like it happens in droves. Is that the word I'm looking for? So you need your internal compass to be strong because – your journey isn't meant to look like anybody else's. It doesn't need to look like your mum's. It doesn't need to look like your grandma's. It doesn't need to look like your sister's. It doesn't need to look like your best friend's. Yeah. I'm at an age where a lot of my friends are having babies now, which is friggin' awesome. Yeah. But I've always known that I would be at what's called a geriatric mum if I have kids, which yeah. means having them later in life. And you and I have had really honest discussions about this yeah. and we have spoken about freezing embryos and whatnot. And talking to you about it and talking to my mum who's a nurse and wonderful, shout out to Wendy, you know, she's like you're you're really giving yourself a lot of pressure and anxiety by worrying about something that you don't really need to worry about for a couple of years. Yeah. And so I think if you can ease the pressure, like the society expectation pressure, what you think people need by you at this age, um, pull that away, like get rid of all the and – the, and what, what you thought you'd do by 35. Yeah. You might have been like, I want to be married, I want two kids, I want to have a, a multi-million dollar home. Whatever the F that dream is, is a facade. You know, yeah. like I think you've got to be like – take stock at where you're at and what you've done and it's a great age to be like, am I happy in what I am? Because mm. you're young enough to still chase, you know. Like my therapist says the most powerful ages for a like go-getter or he used to train fighters, fighters is either late 20s to early 40s because you understand your own psychology, you understand mm. your body and you have this understanding and knowledge and wisdom that you wouldn't have had 10 years ago. Yeah. So I think it's like a really great time to get clear on what you really want and what's serving you and what's not and don't be afraid to say no and walk away from the things that aren't going to get you to where you want to go. Like sure you and I want to have the option of potentially having kids down the track but that's something we can decide in a couple of years which we've said. And you don't have to answer people on Instagram or your parents or your family or your friends on, on your own decisions. That's the other thing. Like you've got a family that's a little bit more traditional Italian and a few of your sisters have already had kids at, at, yeah. at the equivalent of our age right now. And I think it's been so wonderful. Well, the equivalent of our age, my sister already had two. Yeah, there you go. And your other sister would have already had one. Uh, I think. Yeah. 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 And your mum told us the other day she'd had you at she our age. She had four. She'd finished at our age. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. So it's been so nice for you to kind of like acknowledge that but also say we're not ready. We both know we're not ready for that yet. And I think trusting that our journey doesn't need to look like your sister's journey or anybody else's. And that's where my mum's been so wonderful and she's like she had both my brother and I I think I was born – she had me when she was 29 and then would have had Tristan at – 30, my little brother at 32. And she's like, no, go chase the dream girl. Yeah. And that's kind of been 
so powerful for me to hear that from my own mum. Yeah. And it's made, it's given me a lot of hope because a lot of, and that's the other thing that I've learned, like women that are a little bit older than you put their own shit on you, go freeze your eggs now, yeah. go do this now. And I get that it comes from protection but. That's their own shit though that they're projecting on you. Correct. Yeah. And so I, that's where I'm saying if any 35-year-olds that are feeling any of these pressures or stresses or yeah. confronted with ageing and feeling like their, their body clock's got a timeline on it, I think you also need to take stock in what's right for you because yeah. I don't believe – and there's that awesome Steve Jobs quote and he's like, listen to your heart, listen to your intuition. It's never going to guide you off course. Yeah. And so I think a few honest conversations with you and I plus our intuition has helped us come to a really clear yeah, um, and a, a really beautiful choice. Like you and I have even said, you know, down the track we might want to adopt. Who knows? Yeah. And I think, I hope I'm not making you feel uncomfortable here, by the way. Yeah. You look very calm. I am very calm today. <laughs> and, yeah, so that's my, that's my vibe. Get clear on you. Yeah. Forget about the noise. Get really clear on you because this is the time where, and I said this to my good friend Tim who his birthday was a couple of days ago and we always, we're both Virgos, so we always text each other. We're each other's formal yeah. partner. Yeah. And, um, and I said I really feel like this is the time to be an adult, yeah. like to really adult life. And yeah. I think we're both in a beautiful position when we can. We've also got big goals like you and I want to live in Byron. We want to live overseas. There's a few things we want to tick yeah. off before we start building a family. Absolutely. That's nice. Mm. That's a very nice answer. I think as well, like um, just calling yourself out on your own bullshit sometimes, you know, I think people get really stuck in their own little little way and their own little thought patterns and you just got to really break that and call yourself out on it. Well, that's where know? therapy is so yeah. wonderful because I, when I started seeing my therapist again, I had a couple of weeks off when we first came into lockdown and I said, oh, my God, I'm so afraid of mortality. I'm afraid yeah. that I'm going to be a spinster and I'm never going to have kids. I'm never going to have a career. Like I'm studying acting but I'm 10 yeah. years older than everyone in my class. And he's like, okay, you're afraid of death right now. You're afraid that your life is going to pass you by and you're not going to achieve what you want to set out to achieve. And he's yeah. like, let's break this down. He's like, you're an entertainer. You always will be. You always have been. That's got no timeline on it. Yeah. And he's like, let's get really clear about what your dream is. And I was like, oh, my dream is to be like Jimmy Fallon. And he's like, yeah. exactly. And the training you're doing is going to completely help help you with that. And I just saw this morning Jimmy Fallon was in Almost Famous. He acted as like the band's second manager. Not and really. I was like, oh, my God, I've got to watch Almost Famous again. But I think I, think I get really – and this is where you said call your shit out. I get a little bit single focused and I'm like yeah. if I can't be the next Kate Blanchett, that's that's not necessarily my goal. I think my goal is to be an entertainer and that could mean acting, that could mean TV yeah. presenting. And I think you've got to let yourself breathe and keep yeah. your dreams broad. Yeah. I, that's what I've found yeah. anyway. And let it grow into like what it's meant to be. Yeah. Yeah. And keep doing the work. Like yep. keep – that's a very actor thing to say, but like the more work you do, the more disciplined that you are with the craft, the more opportunity that comes. And I think as well work ethic is what people remember and they yep. rebook you on your work ethic. Yeah. Okay. Very, very last question. Um, hopes, directions, dreams for 35 to 36? Oh, wow. Wonderful or question. Or summarising your next 12 months. Well, I really want to do nature and you. Oh, do you? Did oh, I just say do that's you? Rude. <laughs> I didn't mean that. I meant like maybe later. <laughs> I meant 
So cheeky. I meant hanging out and more nature with you. I really yeah. want to do some time in Byron Bay. Yeah. You and I know that that's our happy place. I'm going to have to chase a few career things overseas next year when yeah. it's a little bit safer. So pursuing that, this book will come out next year. I'm really hoping for a global release, which means we get to bring it out in Australia, the UK and the US, which mm-hmm. is massive for me. Huge. Um, I've only been able to do that with one of the other ten books. Like so one's only ever made it internationally. Yeah. So it'd be really beautiful to see how far this bad boy can go. Yep. Uh, and I think just like soak everything up. I have been saving my little butt off. I'm hoping to buy a place. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, at the same time, it's such a funny time in the world right now that I'm just happy watching it at the moment and then I'll make my pounds. And I think our one of our combined dreams is I think we want to grow our family with a little puppuccino in the next 12 months. <laughs> Don't we? Yeah. <laughs> Did you like that? Maybe, I said a, that? maybe a little pack of dogs. <laughs> but I mean, we just need to figure out where our base is. Yeah. And we've got a lot of travel coming up when yeah. things lift. So yeah. there's no point buying a place and getting a dog until um, yeah. we've got that grounding. So I think it'll be a lot of moving parts for the next 12 months. And yeah. I'm okay with that. I think that um, it will probably solidify the next 12 months will probably solidify the next five years. So yep. I think it's a really exciting time for both of us. Very exciting. Is that all your questions, Bosco? Yeah, that's it. Very nice. Wow. I've oh, got some different here we ones. go. So I do the serious ones and now what are you going to do? So I've got some like quick rapid fire ones. So some are going to be more long-winded a little bit like all of mine were. Uh, and But some of them are funny and just to kind of get you in oh, the okay. zone. Here we go. Go. Fave animal. Um, Dogs. Doggos, you are a doggo person. Mm. Safe word. Pineapples. (laughs) Which we said on our first ever date. Sexy time. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know that's the same safe word as Justin Timberlake and Jessica Biel? Oh, really? Theirs is also pineapples. That's very funny. (laughs) Um, Fave music composer. Ah. how long have we got for that? <laughs> Give me your top three. I don't know. I think, mm, fuck, so many different categories, but obviously like probably Hans. Yeah, Hans um, Zimmer. Yep. And so he's famous for like Pirates of Caribbean, Pirates of Caribbean and stuff Batman. like that. Yep. Uh, hist- historically, I think maybe John Williams. Jurassic a, Park, yeah. Star Wars, Harry Potter. Yeah. So, I mean, historically he probably wrote some of the biggest ones. Um Modern day producers, composers, I'd probably say maybe even like a Trent Reznor. I don't know. Um, Atticus Ross from Nine Inch Nails. Okay. They do a lot of movie scores as well. Um, Oh, fuck. Um, I mean, Prince. Yeah. Well, isn't your nickname Little Prince? Yeah. Because you look like him. Yeah, a lot of people. You weigh about the same, don't you? Probably. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, Prince. Oh, God, you really got me on the spot here. Well, this will lead into the next one, so hopefully yeah. your brain's firing on the yeah, music Yeah, I mean like Paul McCartney, any Beatles, of George course. Harrison. They're not composers though, are they? Well, I think you could call them like composers as well. Okay, yeah. okay. Fave movie soundtrack? Uh, <laughs> I'm better at this game than you, aren't I? Yes, yeah. I love yeah, soundtracks. I mean, how can I possibly... Just say one. Well, 
because I write to soundtracks. That yeah. helps me with my manuscript. So I'm yeah. like it's in my brain right at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, okay. More recently, I, I would definitely say uh, potentially maybe like the Joker. Oh, so Hilda, Hilda Gooden, a daughter. Yes. Um, I think. Oh, Which then know, leads into Sicario. Sicario, and then also Chernobyl. Yeah. Um, incredible. Dark. I think. Yeah, so dark. I mean, The Dark Knight, Hans Zimmer. Yeah. But then also Inception, Hans Zimmer. Um, but then I mean, just the theme to fucking Superman. Ah, well, know? that's John Williams. Isn't yeah, it? John Williams, yeah. and I'm like, well. That that has to be there. Um, ah, yeah, that's that's way, way, way too hard to. No, um, you did good. Yeah, Social Network. Um, Who's that by? Uh, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. Wow. Yeah, oh, I've I really, listened really, to it. Yeah, I really, really like that. So it's we very... were listening to the soundtrack to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood today, and that was yeah. awesome. Yeah, I don't know. Your questions are too hard. Oh, soz. This would be a whole podcast on just like movie scores. Um, fave movie? I know uh, the answer to this. I think fave, like, okay. So growing up, <laughs> I would have to say it was maybe Grease. Yes. Um, was probably my favourite. I reckon I spent, there was one whole summer in particular where we watched it on repeat. You and your sisters? Uh, my sisters and like friends of the family, like we were actually like on holidays down like the coast somewhere. And um, Didn't you have a beach house in Rye growing yeah, up? Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, probably Grease. Um, what else? Like, I always loved the Karate Kid movie. Oh yeah, you did. And say that. um, and also another favorite was uh, the Three Amigos, of course, with Chevy Chase and Steve Martin and um, Martin Shaw. Martin Shaw, yeah. Who I got to meet. You got to meet Martin Shaw. I'm a bit jealous of that. Isn't it Martin Short? Short, short, short. Yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, he co-hosted a show that I did a health yeah. segment on one day, and so yeah. I got I got him to eat earthworms. That's funny. Yeah. So I probably couldn't. I can't give like a favourite movie of all time, but growing up, they're probably the ones that I watch the most. What about now? Like just what's your favourite the most? I think I know the answer to this. Um, the Gentleman? Yeah, we love The Gentleman. Yeah. By Guy Ritchie. So good. In the last 12 months, I think that's probably. But which, char- which actor is your favourite on that? Because it's so hard to pick a fave. No, nah, I can't. I can't. They're all so integral. Yeah. I'm still going to say Colin Farrell. Yeah, he's pretty incredible. Great answers. Favourite actor? Oh, my God. Um, (laughs) These are the hardest questions ever because I don't watch movies like you do. I don't watch them for actors. I don't watch them for – I watch them for sound and – Yeah, but that's okay. You love love a Leo. You love a – Yeah, of course. Um – do you know what, right? I I really like those uh older female actors. Oh yeah. So um what's her name? Like Judy Dench. Oh, you know, that plays yeah. M in Bond. Can't um, beat Judy Dench. She's a dame. Dame. Yeah, dame Judy. Judy Dench. Like I really like watching those that, oh, that older that era of actor though yeah. was like Sir Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart. Anthony Hopkins. Yep. That is like the Ian Ian McCallum. Yeah, Ian uh Yep. Gandalf. Gandalf, yeah. Are you McCallum? Is that his yeah. name? Yeah. They're like the OG. Yeah. So I would say that I like that 
older generation yeah. of uh, of actors. So yeah, like a Judy Dench and all that kind of oh, stuff. I like. Yeah, I suppose not the typical answer for that, but yeah. Worst kiss? Can you remember it? Worst kiss. <laughs> <laughs> He remembers the face um, says it all. Oh, no, I, I, I've had a lot of bad ones. Have you really? Yeah, I've had plenty of bad ones. Uh, look, I think, I think it would have been like one when I was, I mean, like probably very young, like 16, 17. Um, braces or? Yeah, probably. Mm. Yeah. Did you get caught in the braces? I don't remember. I just remember being like a very stiff jaw of the girl. <laughs> um do you remember when we – this is – you're going to get so angry. I'm not as so angry. You're going to laugh. But do you remember when we we were actually doing the deed, boss, mm-hmm. and your nose ring got caught on the uh, inside yeah. of my nose yeah. and it, like, glared at everything? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Way to kill a mood. I know. Sorry about that. <laughs> now I have to take my piercings out. <laughs> you do, don't you normally? Yeah, most of the time. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it would have been at a very young age. Um yeah, probably 16, 17. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember the name? Nah, nah. Oh, Fuck. I still remember my real first bad, bad kiss, like so bad. But again, braces Yeah. at the movies, realising I didn't like him and he just yeah. went in for the kill and I felt so bad and I was like, okay. Yeah. I mean, everyone has a few of them. Yeah. But um, <laughs> trying to think, nah, no, nah, I, I definitely can't remember names. I mean, I'm bad with names anyway. I promise I've got some serious questions here. That's all right. But I, I like the funny ones. These are better. If you could be born in any era, what would it be? Uh, oh, maybe 70s. Because you love disco and Studio 54? Yeah. I thought you'd say that. Yeah. You just love disco, don't you? Yeah, I love disco. What's your favourite disco track? Uh, you can't you, you can't be like one. It's just, There's no such... <laughs> There's no such thing. I will I will probably put um, maybe I'll talk in a bit more general uh, terms because I don't have maybe like one favourite disco track, but I would definitely say, um, I mean, Nile Rodgers was a guitarist in Chic mm-hmm. and he also produced so many amazing records and he played on so many amazing records. So anything that maybe Nile Rodgers did mm-hmm. – um, Georgia Marauder, so he pro- and he produced um, Donna Summer. I feel love, uh-huh. um, which was a very very classic, yeah. you know, um, disco record. Um, uh, I've been listening to a lot of um, like Change, like Luther Vandross lately. I don't know who that is. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say favorite disco record, but they're like maybe two. But you love the whole. Artists. You love the whole Studio Fifty Four. Absolutely, ethos, absolutely. Yeah. Like, I mean, incredible music, dancing all night, drugs, sex, probably a little bit of nudity. You know, <laughs> sign you up. Sexual fluidity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I don't know. I think I think it was a time that people just started letting go and enjoying the music, and disco music turned into house music, which is pretty much, you know, what my life is and inspired me to be a producer and a writer and what stuff. What was the song we were listening to last weekend when I got really drunk and spewed? I don't remember. The White Horse song. Oh, yeah, If You Burn a Rat. That was like 80s, so that was just, you know, After. just past like that disco. I love how you had um, no reaction when I said I got really drunk and spewed. 
oh, you're not the first girlfriend to get drunk and <laughs> – I, I just hadn't eaten enough, boss. I hadn't eaten enough. You didn't day. eat at all. Yeah. That's the bad, problem. Bad, bad. Mm. Uh, next question. If I okay. gave you 100 bucks right now, what would you do with it? Um, 100 bucks, um, probably buy you something with it. Would you? Yeah. Wouldn't buy a record or? No, nah, I'd, I'd, I, I don't know. I, um, money's just energy, comes and goes. I taught you that. I've always known that. Okay, okay. Um. Yeah, I would definitely um I'd probably buy you something. I feel very guilty receiving money from people. Do you? Yeah, it's a weird I'm bad at receiving gifts, receiving money like um Okay. Yeah. That's fair. That's So fair. yeah, I I'd probably look at it as I will spend that money back on you if you gave me $100. What about 50-50? Nah. Get or me may- a bunch of tulips. Yeah, and- maybe maybe I'll do something that we can enjoy together. Yeah. You know. Book a massage together. Book a massage, something like oh, that's that. That's nice. That's nice. Yeah. Okay, so I do have some of the same questions as you, just okay. an FYI. I didn't copy, they're on my notes. All right, that's all right. <laughs> uh, biggest gift of ISO. <sighs> biggest gift of ISO. I think number one has been healing. Mm. Um, it's given me the time. To I think rest, um, reset, reset, um, and obviously rest my nervous system quite a lot. So obviously you know I do struggle with anxiety at times, um, and this has just really removed a lot of those external factors that trigger it, and it's really just allowed my body to kind of heal and get back to a nice little. Homeostasis. Homeostasis, yes, which has been, I think, my biggest gift. But, yeah, time, um, you know, peace, calm, although that's mixed in with fear about corona, um, the gen- general feeling is that I um, yeah. And it's forced us into living together for the first time. Yeah. Which has been nice. Yeah. Very nice. It's been six months. Ooh. Probably longer, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, maybe more. Yeah, wowzers, yeah. wow. Yeah, I think it's been my biggest gift. But, yeah, time, patience, focus. All that kind of stuff. And how does 35 feel? Feels fine. Feels no different. I don't feel 35. I don't, do feel? I don't even feel 30. I feel like a child still. On our first date, he's like, I look like I'm like 27, don't I? Oh, like three people this week have still said they're like, you definitely don't look 35. And I'm like, well, thank you. Oh, I'm so self, self-deprecating. I'm like, yeah. I look shit, boss. Well, I did a... Um, uh, a podcast, my old high school teacher like hit me up on Instagram and yeah. was like, do you want to come on my podcast? And I was like, yeah, for sure. Um, and he even said, he goes, you you still, you know, and he was my like homeroom teacher for years in school. And, you know, we, we did remain in contact a couple of years post-school and then obviously lost contact over the last, I suppose, yeah. 10 but he's like, you still look young. He goes, you still look, you know, you're in your mid, mid-20s. Oh, you know? what a gift. I know. A bit of a beardo today and long hair, but, you know, yeah. I, 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 don't feel, I don't feel 35. I definitely don't feel, yeah, I suppose adult enough. Yeah, so whereas I feel like turning 35, there's a bit, there's a bit of pressure to be yeah. adult, but yeah. you don't have that. 
Obviously, I feel the pressure, but I don't really give a fuck anymore. I have this weird thing in my mind. I feel like 37, you're like, yes, I've nailed life. Like I think something yeah. happens at 37. I think 35 is like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Like, oh, yeah. my goodness, I'm not my young 30s. I'm not early 30s anymore. Because yeah. early 30s, you still can kind of like go under the guise of I'm sorting shit out. Yeah. I think you're sorting shit out your whole life. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think for like music world, producer world, and stuff like that, I think that um, it's okay to be in those mid to later thirties, and I think that's where it mostly happens. Well, even at drama school, researching writers, like I'll yeah. do a play, and most of the writers all make it in their late thirties. Yeah, so they'll struggle, struggle, struggle from early twenties. I think it's a creative thing. Yeah, I think Hugh Jackman got his first big role late third. Like I, I think it's yeah. not. Creatives, it's almost like to be a good creative, you need life experience. Yeah, you do. You need to understand yourself. You need to be able to walk into a room and know that you are meant to be there. Yeah. And you've got to get through all your insecurity to get to that spot. Yeah, you do. And it's just not going to happen in your 20s. Yeah. And yeah, most, I think Tennessee Williams wrote Streetcar Named Desire, which is arguably one of his most famous, successful plays of all time. Yeah. I think he was late 30s. Yeah. I think the ones that make it in their 20s don't get past their 20s and they kind of just yeah. fade out or maybe do other things or give up and, you know, make a big chunk of money in their 20s and then just never do anything else but then run out of money and then have to go back to some sort of I other, will say life. in my 20s I bought out a best-selling book mm. and then I had a couple of books that were shit, not shit, beautiful books but didn't sell well. Yeah. And so in my mind, you know, me very A-type were – failures in the selling and financial yeah. sense. And uh, intuitively, even me, I'm like, it feels right to be working on a book, taking three years off yeah. by the time this next book comes out and then bring your book out yeah. and like standing the test of time and, and writing a completely different topic. It feels yeah. intuitively like, oh, yeah, I had yeah, to get through right. that time of being the same as everyone else and not selling loads of books and being a bestseller. Like I had to get through that uncomfortable time of not being the most popular mm. health writer in the world. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, not world, sense. Australia. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. good. Uh, biggest regret? <sighs> I've actually been thinking about this a lot, to be honest. Really? Yeah. Um, not putting a ring on it sooner with Lola. <laughs> 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 joking, joking. <laughs> um, biggest regret? I, yeah, I have been thinking about this. A lot. Um, and if maybe you would have asked me a couple of years ago, I would have given you a big long list of, of things. Um, but genuinely, I don't have any regrets now. Ah. And, you know, I was even thinking about it of, um, you know, some like Instagram memories came up and, you know, obviously – triggered memories of like my ex-girlfriend, mm. um, ex-relationships, past relationships. And, you know, I, I almost started thinking I should have ended those relationships sooner or I shouldn't have been so upset, you know, over arguments or, or being affected by that person. Um, but then I look at my life now with you being in Torquay and I know that I wouldn't have had this 
if I didn't experience that. Mm. So I don't regret any, any of that. Same with me. Yeah. I totally know what you yeah. mean. And I actually had this discussion with my therapist when I was freaking out about age and I was like, yeah. I don't have any regrets in my life and I love living this way. Yeah. And I don't, but I also don't want to look back at say 45 and not be able to have a kid because I've waited too late. And yeah. I was like, I don't want to have that regret. And he's like, yeah. let's calm the F down, Lola. And I think it's a superpower to not have regrets. Yeah. To like live your life to your values, to take the failures as amazing gifts like I was just saying about the books. Yeah. How good that they didn't do so well because yeah. it's allowed me to be so grateful for this opportunity and to yeah. give it my all. Like yeah. not get complacent. Same with you with relationships. Like yes, you were in some toxic relationships, as was I. Yeah. But there have been these wonderful gifts that have probably taught you so much about yourself. Absolutely. They led you to therapy, yeah. led me to therapy, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think just like another point on that as well is not that I don't have regrets of not doing it younger, but I do think back and I was like, and I think, oh, fuck, I really should have worked harder or I should have learnt more or spent more time doing this or that or making music or whatever it is. And yes, I would tell my younger self, go work harder, put more of yourself into it. But at the same time, I don't think I would have been ready then. You know, I don't think I would have had the intelligence or the emotional intelligence to do it at a younger age. So again, I am sort of kind of grateful that I, you know, went on that journey and ended up where I am now. Totally. Yeah. Totally, totally. Yeah. I, like, and if... I think imagine if you were 21 and someone's like, work harder, you'd be like, yeah, get effed. <laughs> yeah, I was like at 21, look, I was always a hard worker. I was, you know, always doing shit. I was, you know, always out. I was always in the studio. I was always working. But, yeah, my priorities weren't 100%. But you know? how good that you had, like I always say to people, I'm so glad that I had my party phase. Yeah. I'm so glad that because that party phase was when I learned makeup artistry. It was that time when I learned – to love music, yeah. even though I was a shocking DJ, I fell in love with music and realised that that was also something that like yeah. that's a passion that is of yours but I can appreciate it so much as yeah. well. Like these are all and, – and if I wasn't partying, I wouldn't have been DJing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I think all these things along the way are wonderful gifts and it's interesting when you look back, you can almost clink them together Yeah, and they've – yeah. Helped you. Like you used to be a really heavy smoker. So you obviously have that addictive yeah. behavior, personality, as do I with yeah. my eating disorder history. But also that same addictive behavior is the drive that you need for your work. Yeah, absolutely. So it's yeah, just you need about that obs harnessing obsessive it. addictive. Yeah, which yeah. we both have, I believe. Mind you, I haven't smoked for over three years. Congratulations. Mm. I've never seen you smoke. Yeah. Ever. Well, I had a memory today on my Instagram and that was three years, like three years ago and I wasn't smoking then. So I think that I, and that was September 2017 and I think I must have quit in like April or May. Didn't you go to America and then yeah. come back and fully quit? Yeah, yeah. So you went for Coachella yeah. that year. Yeah. Which is always April, isn't it? Yeah, something like that. So, yeah, as soon as you got back, I yeah. think you went cold turkey, didn't you? Well, I was cutting down before. Yeah. Because I was freaking out about not being able to smoke for 14 hours. On the plane. Yeah, so I like purposely um, would, you know, get up and not smoke and go for a run and 
delay that first cigarette for as long as possible. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so by the time I kind of got back, um, yeah, it was definitely a little bit easier. But, yeah, I went cold turkey when I got back. Yeah, so it'd be from May. It'd be, yeah. it'd be well over yeah, three so years Yeah, so just now. over three years. Yeah. I love the question you asked me about a woman that's 35, um, you know, wanting some guidance. Yeah. What would you give it to a man who's 35 and maybe needs a little bit of support or yeah. fe- as you use the word like hopelessness, like yeah. they're feeling hopeless, like what advice would you give? Um, first of all, I would say drop the expectation. Mm. So being a man... We have our own expectations. Yeah. Um, you know, to be the provider, to be the father figure, to, you know, have our shit together, provide for a woman, provide for a family. Like these are old antiquated kind of ideas. Antiquated. Yeah, you nice. like that one. Smart. Um, you know, that we were brought up with. You yeah. know, our fathers went to work, our mothers stayed home. Obviously, not every family, I'm generalizing, but your family though. My family. And I would say, to be honest, 90% of my friends that I grew up with. Really? Yeah, not ab- mine. Absolutely. I my would say that working. majority of my friends and family um, for a certain amount of time, you know, their fathers worked and their mothers stayed home. And your and sisters are doing that with They're their doing kids. that, yeah. yeah. I mean, they've still got babies. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so... I would say for a man, drop that expectation. Mm. You don't need to be, you know, you don't need to be married. You don't need to be in a relationship. You don't need to do anything. You can still be discovering your career or or working on your dream or starting a new business. Um, and if you do meet somebody, great, you know, but mm. don't base your whole life on on that. You know, definitely when I met you, I wasn't, I wasn't looking for a relationship. I wasn't looking for a person. Oh, I wasn't. Ditto twofold, boss. Yeah, I know. But, you know, <laughs> but I, I was really at that point where I was like, I'm focusing on myself and anyone that comes along needs to fit into my trajectory, you know, and same for me. I need to fit in with their trajectory and whatever they want to do. Um, so, yeah, you kind of fit into, you know, mine where we don't have that life of, hey, we're going to be together for two years and then I'm going to propose and then mm. – you know, we're going to get married and then, you know, a year later we're going to have our first kid. Like I'll never, I'm never going to do that. Mm. Um, it's not going to be my life and it's not going to be yours. Mm. Um, and just, yeah, be, be okay with that, that if your life looks a little bit different, then that's that's totally fine. But, yeah, I think as a male we have our own set of um, pressures and expectations and I think um, just let them go. Uh, be okay with your feelings and emotions you know, we're not these like rigid robots anymore that, you know, males were. You can have feelings, you can cry, you can, you know, nuzzle into your partner's, you nook. know, nook <laughs> and just be like, I feel fucking shit today and just, yeah. you know, um, it's okay to have a therapist. It's okay to talk about your feelings. And if you talk about your feelings with your mates, your male friends, um, you will find that they uh, will open up about theirs and you'll know that you're not alone and that you can all talk about, you know, your struggles. Because, yeah, I mean, even my best friends, you know, um, when I started really like two years ago when I had that like that proper episode Mm -hmm. of panic and anxiety and all that kind of stuff, 
you know, once I opened up to all my friends about that, you know, they were able to open up about their own struggles mm. with their own mental health. And yeah, I really enjoyed that and it brought me quite closer to my friends and, and I suppose helped them in a way. And I think, boss, we're both answering that question about advice to someone of our age yeah. coming from the perspective of two creatives yeah. that have made a very clear choice to chase yeah. our dreams yeah. and that that is like the thing that lights us up and feels like it ignites our hearts and yeah. so we've chosen to chase that. Yeah. A lot of people don't and that's also okay. Yeah, of course. But, yeah, we, that's why for us we've we've had to process that we've picked our g- dreams to focus yeah. on that and then push building a family back till a bit later and where but we've also had very clear discussions and open honest conversations about that as well to get to this stage of going we are gonna not live to the status quo we're not going to be doing what society expects us to be doing we like even we joke i i wind boss up and be like do you want to marry me? <laughs> hmm. um, and we're like, we would both of us say it'd be like barefoot in a forest or barefoot yeah. in Byron Bay and, and like 20 people. Like yeah. I think uh, I think you and I, we're not the norm and yeah. I love that about us yeah. and I love that about you. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I think it's good that you spoke to that. And I think the only reason why I've really been able to navigate these last six months is because of the work that I have done on myself. Yeah. In the last couple of years. Pays off. It's life changing. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't know what life is going to throw at you. So do the work now because at some point in life, like life does throw some shit at you. Yeah. You know, it's, it is inevitable. Yeah. That something is going to happen in your life that you will have to face and deal with. So you might as well do the pre-work instead of getting fucked up and doing, you know, having to then go and deal with it and all that kind of shit. This is going to sound like a really weird analogy to give, Mm. but I remember when I was 18 and this is a Wendy life quote, Mm. uh, she bought me my first car, Harriet. It was my first car when I was 18. It was a bronze 1985 Honda Accord and she said, I'm giving you this car. The insurance is going to run out pretty soon though. That's your only responsibility. Yeah. And, of course, being an egotistical 18-year-old, I forgot to renew my insurance. Yeah. And it was just third party. It was just to cover. If Anyway, of course, lo and behold, I was in a three-car smash. And although I wasn't at fault, I still had to go to legal aid because the driver that was yeah. at fault tried to blame me and we hit a big Telstra van. So any big company like that yeah. is big dollars. And I had to go to mum's like – Mum said to me, you are on your own. And so I had to go to legal aid. I remember I got a train out to Springvale, sat down at the legal aid centre and they were really wonderful and really I still had to pay a shit ton of money at that age and borrow money and whatnot to pay it all off. But they lessened it for me dramatically. And mum said to me, it's not a matter of if you have a car crash. It's a matter of when. You need to have insurance. And I feel like to put it into that's a good analogy for therapy. It's not yeah. a matter of if something shit's going to happen to me. It's a matter yeah. of when. And if you're doing the therapy, it's like the insurance. Yeah, you're covering no, yourself great. and and preparing yourself for when that yeah. hiccup, that life hiccup happens. Yeah, so that you can kind of go, oh, this feels really shit. Let me process it because I've done the psychological work to be able to get through this and not let it break me. Absolutely. I love it. Yeah. Uh, my final question for you is um, if you could look into a crystal ball yeah. five years from now, how does that feel, look, how could – I mean, we obviously don't know the answer to it, but how is it a uh, Grammy 
<laughs> Maybe start with an aria. An aria, Grammy. Um, I think you'll do a music, a, a movie score. I think I will. Yeah. Yeah. I think you would create a beautiful, when we first started dating, do you remember you made that amazing like Sigur Ross inspired mm. song that you called Lola? Yeah. And then you gave it to another girl influencer. Did I? <laughs> yeah. For some other, I, for some other. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, you never let me live that down. Yeah, it's still your song. But I that would had that kind of music score yeah. feel to it. Yeah. Movie score. Sorry, I keep saying music um, score. Yeah. You know, I'd love to do that. Mm. Um, I've got, I mean, still so many dreams and things that I want to do. Still so much music to write. Um, I'm not so really worried about what it looks like because I think it would just pan out. Um, as long as I'm happy, I think that's. With the LB? With the LB, of Good. course. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's the only real thing that I'm, you know, that I'm worried about is just as long as I'm happy and healthy and feeling good. I think that's the um, that's the main thing. You know, I think I've spent too many years feeling like shit or putting this pressure on myself or whatever it is or being disappointed if I haven't, you know, hit that certain goal at that certain time. Um, yeah. So I think that the next five years would just be um, – yeah, just me still writing, mm. producing. I'd love to do a movie. I'd love to do like a big, you know, big production of even a TV show, something like that. I was going to say, well, just wait for me to get my big break on TV or a film and you can do the mu- the score. It would have to be something dark though. You know, my music's pretty dark. Oh, this is true. Um, this is and true. yeah, just keep, keep writing, producing. That's, yeah, working on now. 10 other fucking businesses that I, I know. <laughs> do all the behind the scenes for. MVP for Lola Coffee, uh, for the podcast. We're entering the podcast awards after this, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> editing all day. Editing. So, yeah, heaps of fucking editing. Um, but, yeah, five years, maybe living in Australia, maybe living overseas. Maybe few animals. Few animals. I'd love animals. Bit of a fun. We both, I think we both have the long goal of kind of living that, Farm retreaty, living yeah. off the land kind of vibe somewhere yeah. in the world, and we're yeah. both at the moment we both romanticise Byron Bay a lot. Yeah. So I think we've got to get a bit of Byron Bay into our yeah. system sooner rather than later. I mean, I love the city. I love going out. I love doing stuff, being amongst it. But I want to be able to retreat to somewhere in the world and and just switch Reset. off a little bit. Yeah. yeah. We've said it would be really cool to have two homes. Yeah. Like a nature yeah. home. And I want like a doomsday bunker. That oh. kind of like. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. You love the concept of a doomsday bunker. I've thought. I've thought about this. So, um, I've thought about funding it. Right. Yeah. So, what we do is we get like say ten of our like wealthy friends. Yeah. And we'll sell like a spot in our doomsday bunker to them. So we'll say it's one hundred fifty thousand each. Yeah. And then you know we've got one and a half million dollars to build this doomsday bunker that fits like, you know, a dozen people or something. It's very smart. That's smart. Matt also loves zombie apocalypse shows, don't yeah, you? I think that's why I want to do stay back. <laughs> Boss, that's the end of our pod. That's the end? How long was that? Um, 58 minutes. Oh, perfect. So I never say this on the pod, so I'm going to use this opportunity. Can mm. you please subscribe? What else do they need to do? Leave a comment. Leave a comment and the five stars. Is that yeah, right? Yeah. Didn't we get a star saying like one star Lola's voice is annoying? Yeah. Yeah, we got that. There's always <laughs> there's always one person that's – I know that I, I remember in the first episodes, I think because I was a bit nervous, I would say like 
a lot. Yeah. And I think that's what people do when they get nervous. They use their joining word, like uh, um, and um. And like, yeah. Or, or some sort of joining word when they get nervous or they get, you know, a bit of brain freeze. I got so nervous last week when we recorded oh, a podcast. here pod. we go. <laughs> Lola walks out of the podcast and I'm like, are you a little bit red and flustered? <laughs> Oh. We were, can we say the story? Because yeah, it's coming go, out. Go. So this will come out in season six. This episode that we're recording right now comes out next Monday for our birthday. So this is like, what, episode six or seven of season yeah, five. five. So we're a little bit ahead of the recording game because of lockdown. We're able to record a lot on Zoom. And so we got this wonderful, talented Australian actor, Joel mm. Jackson, yeah. on the pod. and Very good-looking man. Incredibly attractive <laughs> and so much fun to research. He's been in so many different movies and he's won Logie Award, yeah. Actor Award, extremely accomplished. I think he's like 28 or 29 years old, yeah. like so talented. And I was blown. I didn't expect him to be so humble. Yeah. Like an absolute legend yeah. and – I was definitely getting flustered. I was like, oh, my goodness, this person's so – kindness nah, gets me. Yeah, if someone is kind, I'm like, you've just gone up ten notches in yeah. my book. Yeah, yeah. And he was so frigging kind yeah. and – I give you shit but I know that it came from a place that you'd met someone and interviewed someone that was a really genuine person and a really genuine human um, yeah. he, I've been him and I've been uh, messaging on Instagram what? as well. Yeah. I am officially jealous. What's going on? We're just talking about like movie documentaries and um, <gasps> podcast, like music podcasts and stuff like that. So, yeah. Uh, shout out to Joel Jackson, new legend. He will be on season six of the pod, and he is also an ambassador of Polish Man, Polish Man. which I am as well. Yeah. There's also a link in my Insta bio if you want to um, yeah. get I'll, behind. I'll put in the show notes as well. Can you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do that because it's all about ending violence against children. Children. It affects over a billion kids a year, which is over half the kids in the world. Yeah. Too high, boss. Too high. So they're wonderful. They're, yeah. It's been going on for Yonks. It's part of YGAP as well. And this is yeah. my first proper year. Yeah. I've done little bits with them when I was an ambassador yeah. for Grilled, but I've never actually become a, yeah. um, a proper ambassador. So this is really yeah. exciting. Alec, I met Alec Costello like years ago. Good egg. You've gone to a lot of his events. He's yeah. great. Yeah, yeah great. Great. Yes. So okay. there we go. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Big love. Happy birthday, boss. Happy birthday. Uh, I love that we're spending our birthdays together. I do too. I'm not disappointed at all. Love you. I love you too. Bye. Bye. That's a wrap on another episode of Fearlessly Failing. As always, thank you to our guests. And let's continue the conversation on Instagram. I'm at Yummo Lollaberry. This potty, my word for podcast, is available on all streaming platforms. I'd love it if you could subscribe, rate and comment. And of course, spread the love. Mm-hmm.